This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Not much of a preamble needed for this show as we're going to launch right into an amazing night of basketball with the women rolling UCF. And if you listen to Jose Fernandez afterwards, might be the last time these teams play in a while in women's basketball. All the while the men were starting to cruise and put on an offensive show, putting up 96 in a win, their first ever defeat of Tulsa. We did not do a show on Wednesday, so we didn't get a chance to mention the announcements of the future changes on the football schedule. We'll do those briefly here. You probably heard about them already, but interesting that a lot of them have to do with ACC teams. It's almost like they're pushing back ACC teams a few years in case they're playing a lot of ACC. Anyway, the one ACC team that is going to be on next year's schedule is Miami. That was a 2027 visit from the Hurricanes to Raymond James instead. Oh, caught myself. Actually, it won't be Raymond James. It'll be an on-campus stadium in 2027. But Now it's in Raymond James next season, September 21st. Meanwhile, the NC State and Louisville matchups both get moved back, and they were both supposed to be in Tampa next year. So two teams that the Bulls have played recently and were supposed to have the return trip, now you won't see them at Raymond James Stadium, but you will get the Hurricanes there. Western Kentucky was supposed to be in the Miami date. That one gets moved back to 2031. Meanwhile, Southern Miss... A two-game series added, including a trip to Hattiesburg next season, a return trip in 2028. Bethune-Cookman added for two games, including next year, August 31st at Raymond James. And no more Bulls against San Jose State. Sorry for those of you who were planning around that game in 2025 that has been replaced by South Carolina State. The story on GoUSFBulls.com basically has the new non-conference opponents from next season through 2031 for you, just to map it out. Next season, the Bulls start off against Bethune-Cookman at home, then go to Alabama and Southern Miss, and follow that with the home game in game number four against Miami. 2025, planning ahead a little bit, host Boise State, go to the Gators and the Canes, and now hosting South Carolina State. It's all up at GoUSFBulls.com. It could be all up as far as the war on I-4. That's what Jose Fernandez sort of dropped to me after the game. But how about the stuff that happened leading up to that point? You thought it might be different last night, or at least the margin wouldn't be quite as wide as the Bulls took down UCF back in Tampa. That was 83-51 to last night. Pretty much identical. 73-44 to in a game the Bulls led by as many as exactly 32 points. The Knights have been much better at home. Still 11-11 and Overall record, just two conference wins. They started off 6-0 and under their new head coach, the TMSer. That was just fool's gold because turns out you look back at that portion of the schedule and not many teams ranked very high. In fact, not many ranked inside the top 250. Still, when they played tougher opponents and gotten blown out, those have been on the road. They have not been wiped out on their home floor. The worst margin of victory was 14. Their average margin at home is a plus 10 compared to minus 18 on the road. So you figured this would be closer. They do pride themselves in rebounding. They're among the nation's leaders in offensive rebounds. And in this game, well, kudos. They won that category 11 to 10. But overall rebounding was 47 to 33 favor of the Bulls. 
and overall shooting was big time favor of the Bulls. The Knights were just 13 for 58 from the floor. That's 22.4%. The Bulls were shooting 54% through the first three quarters of play. Now, they did hit a little bit of a dry spell. He strangely missed a trio of layups in a row and went just 4 of 15. In the fourth quarter, when Jose Fernandez had to reinsert his starters because the lead had been trimmed, quote-unquote, to 21. That was really one of just two surges that UCF had the entire evening. They were wearing their Citronaut uniforms, a nod to their space history as far as their initial mascot and I don't know if they're ever going to do that again because it wasn't a good game for them. The Bulls actually jumped ahead 7-2 to two, only to have Rachel Ranke hit a three and tie the score at nine. So you're thinking, okay, we just had a game where Houston was crazy from three-point land. Oh, Houston came down to earth last night. More on that in just a little bit. It was an overall great night for the Bulls. Starting at this point with just two minutes to go in the quarter, it was 9-9 nine to nine in anybody's game until... It was the Bulls game the rest of the way. Ranky in open three, knocks it down, and we are tied. Rachel Ranky should be no surprise that she hits an open three, and not only has she done it a bunch of times in her career, but she has, as I mentioned, gotten going. Seven for 14 in the last two games, a win at Cincy and a wild loss at Memphis. Helena Chinecki drives the basket and scores 11-9. That was a decisive move and good to see. She's got five points up the court. Chinecki wants to go one-on-one, -on -one, but they help out. She's got Brito in the corner, fakes the shot. Oh, drives to the lane. That was awesome. Carla Brito gives the Bulls a quick 4-0 run. And now a steal by Brito. She misses the first shot, but hands it out to Chinecki for a quick 7-0. Yeah! Carla Brito with the effort. Misses the layup, which was the easy part, but maybe she knew that Chinecki was trailing and she get three out of the deal. Bulls with a quick seven points and it's 16 to nine. Seven points in less than 50 seconds. They would end the quarter with the final eight. They would start off the second quarter with the first three. So an 11 nothing run as the lead shot up and the Bulls inserted a couple of freshmen who've been getting, well, Danny Gonzalez power forward playing time throughout the year. Marina Asensio at point playing time a lot lately. And man, do they have a lot to do with the route officially being administered. Here are your second quarter highlights ending with, yes, a line I could not resist. Over to Chinecki. She wants it for an open three. Looks long. But Dulce has a good position. Gets the ball, and you know what's going to happen. And one. That was well done. Dulce Fankamangiadu had that position. Already has nine rebounds, folks. Sammy whips it to Dulce. Hands it to Danny. Foul line jumper. Looks good. Danny Gonzalez has a look to her tonight, folks. Asensio into Dulce, who got it pinned on the block, but Marina's wide open for three. Looks good for my angle. Swish! Marina Asensio has been adding an element to the Bulls, and they, by the way, are three for nine on threes without Sammy Puisis making a single one. I don't think we've said that this year. Wants to put her head down. The Bulls double-teamer, five on the shot clock. Uh-oh, Ranky gets open. Now whips it inside. Terrible pass, and that's great defense by the Bulls. Whips it inside to Dulce. Marina's open again for three. Good, Marina Asensio and Fuego. And the score is looking good, 30 to 12. Asensio entering this game was just four for 23 on threes, but she's made some big ones, especially in that comeback win against SMU. Now Ranky with two on her. Sammy tries to run the lane and drops it in. What a floater by Sammy Prusis. The first points of the game coming at the 427 mark. Wide open is Gibson. 
Got to take that shot, but she can't hit it. Knights are two for nine on three-point shooting. Bulls are four for 11. Now they're going to slow it down and run a call here. Jose said go to L. Wilson gives it right to her. Reverse layup closes. L now over to Danny for a wide-open three. Looks good. Boom. The Bulls freshmen are hitting some threes tonight. Janecki has a pair, but Asensio has two, and now add Danny to the list. She's got seven points, and it's 36-13 USF with 2.07 to go. In a quarter that has seen UCF go one for ten. Long two by Hutton, high off the glass. Johansson is in great position. All the Bulls are contributing. Arno quickly up to Janecki. Tries to shake and bake around Jewett, goes behind her back. Emma wanted the ball, she can shoot please. Instead to Arneo, Gonzalez in the corner to Wilson, wants to feed Emma. Right back to Ariel, what great ball movement by the Bulls. They look like the Harlem Globetrotters right now. Brito back in there, gets it. Right across to Chinecki, two on one. has got Emma to her left. That's a strong move by Emma Johansson. It was a great half if you are a Bulls supporter, which by the way, we are very much so. After 20 minutes, it's USF 38. The Citra not playing very well, 15. Yeah, that seems like piling on. In fact, we probably shouldn't play any more highlights. No, we will. First half numbers when you're up 38 to 15 are probably going to be favorable. Looking deeper into it, there's actually some important things to note here. First of all, the bench points. You just heard Asensio and Gonzalez. Bulls had a 15-2 edge in bench points. Well, UCF has kind of tricked the system over the last four games. They've had three usual starters, including their leading scorer, Destiny Thomas, come off the bench, and in this case, she, Anzanae Hutton, who scored 16 in the meeting in Tampa, the Howard transfer, and Layla Jewett, who is their second leading scorer, that trio all came off the bench 90 seconds in. So recently, for example, against Temple, they won the bench points 41-2, to but it's because they really had three starters come in not too long after the game had started. So the fact that that trio of players specifically only had two points in the first half tells you a lot. The Knights were only 5 for 27 from the floor. Bulls were at 50%, led by Elena Chinecki with 9 points. Fankam Mangiadu with 7 and 8. Knights would make a push late in the third quarter, as I said. Once Dulcie and Sammy were removed from the game, the Knights applied the full-court pressure and got it down to 21, so we'll take it up to that point, because this is really when the game was officially put away. Puisis three goes up, that looks much better, boom. Sammy Puisis knocks it down right in front of me. She keeps on shooting. Chinecki off the screen. Good defense against her by Burns, but Chinecki just put it on the floor and it opens up for a layup. That was a sweet move. Burns, who was just kind of showboating on the other end, was kind of doing the whole hit the floor thing against Chinecki, and oh, she hit the floor all right, right past her. 47 to 22. Oh, man, Kiara Brown just tried a three, but almost broke the backboard. Woeful night shooting continues. The Bulls are destroying UCF. 47 to 22. Puisis almost fumbles it, but gets it to Dulcie. Wants to take two players. That's a nice soft touch right there by Dulcie Fank and Mangiata. The defense was decent, but no stopping Dulcie. It's 49 to 22. 10 on the shot clock. Puisis to Dulcie. Whoops it out to Chinecki. Passes on the open look. Wants to drive on Foster. What a move to the hoop. By Chinecki, lifts it up nice and softly. Elena now has 13 points, and it's 51 to 23. This is a good game for Jose Fernandez's stress level. Oh, on the way to the hoop, and one! Dulce Fankamangiadu, just, they can't stop her. And it's not unique to UCF, but they're really struggling with Destiny Thomas on three fouls. Dulce scores and it's 53 to 23 and she'll go to the free throw line. Makes the three point play and again the Bulls fans here love it. Now Arnia 
Alto Sencio back to Jeanette. That's a nice pass and a good finish by the Finnish player. It's 56-25. Get on the floor, Emma, Danny, and that is good job. Now, Chinecki has Asensio wide open in front of her. Marina up to Jeanette on the fast break. That was something where there were two players ahead of Asensio. I'm sorry, ahead of Chinecki, and she just had to get rid of it. It was kind of a scramble drill. And the lead is back up to 30. And just in case any Knights fans are listening, we will leave off the highlight reel there. Actually, if there were Knights fans listening, I would play some of their quick get back as Dulcie and Sammy departed as the Bulls had everybody out there on the floor. In fact, put Puisis and Fanka Mengiadu back in to start the fourth quarter. That's really what has limited her from having huge days, just great days in the two games against the Knights. The margin was so high that she didn't have to play the whole game. Okay, speaking of Sammy, because she was really struggling from the floor, I do want to insert this last little 30-second sequence from the fourth quarter, which I found highly entertaining. The inbounds, please, is much better looking shot. She knocks it down. That's great to see for Sammy. Just three for 15 today, but keep on shooting. Now they get it off into the corner. No rotation on that three, and then missed by Ashton Verhurst, who is from DeSoto, Kansas, and I pronounce her name like she's Scandinavian. Sorry about that. Less than four minutes to go. Ball's up 25. And Puisis puts up another one. That looks good, and it is. That was a frustrated-looking three by Sammy. She's like, I'm tired of these baskets not letting the ball go in, and I'm going to do something about it. Only four of 17 from the floor, but those two threes at the end gave her three makes in 12 attempts, 12 points for her. Chinecki led the way with 19 points. Dulcie Fankham-Mengiotti, 18 points and 14 rebounds. Carla Brito couldn't get it going from the floor, two of eight, four points, but added 11 rebounds, a career high. Gonzalez with eight and four off the bench. Emma Johansson with four boards off the bench. The Bulls destroyed the Knights. On the glass, a point that I made to Jose Fernandez in the postgame, and sounds like, yeah, that might be it for the series. 73 to 44, the worst Knights home defeat of the season. I know you probably had not intended originally to get Dulcie back out there needed to, but I think you probably sensed at the end of the third quarter you needed to finish a little bit. Yeah, we played everybody, right? But second half, no bueno. <laughs> Overall, Coach, I was hoping that you didn't have any stress points in the second half, but to win against this team and get back on track, how important was that? Yeah, it's important, and it's good that, uh, you know, they, uh, I don't think, that, you know, we'll probably, you know, we don't mind playing these guys, but we've tried. I don't think, you know. They don't have any dates for us. The one thing, do I, I do like that you come in here and, and you look at their banners that they, they recognize every one of their postseason teams. So kudos to them. Like individually, you're saying, Yes, right? like we used to do. Yeah, this won't be one of their postseason teams. We'll see if we can do something about that. Thank you, Coach. You got it. Jose Fernandez, who is back in form. I love it. And believe it or not, the good news from the evening had just begun as what happened afterwards was being watched on the bus ride home, I can guarantee you. We were all checking out the end of Memphis and Houston. Remember Layla Blair? And I sort of hinted maybe it was a national television thing on Sunday where she decided to crank it up and score 30 points and score 22 in the first half and that was five three-pointers, including the 40-footer at the break. And Houston, as a team, went off in three-point land. And we all kind of figured, yeah, we'll see if they do that in their next game. Uh, they didn't. Still, Memphis was down 26-14 at the half at Houston, so you figured the Cougars would win. But after Houston took an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter, they stopped hitting anything. Layla Blair, ladies and gentlemen, after her 30 points career night against the Bulls, 
scored as many points as she had fouls. That would be five. She hit one three. Houston, three for 18 on threes. And you want to roll your eyes and go, thanks a lot, Houston. Could you have missed a couple on Sunday at the Yingling Center? And the Wolves would still be undefeated in conference. But at the same time, they missed enough. And Memphis's Madison Griggs hit a three in the final minute to give the Tigers the lead. And Memphis wins, which means the Bulls are now with a magic number of one to clinch the outright American Athletic Conference Championship. That's right, just one win in their last three or one Houston loss in its last three. And the Bulls can get that win Saturday at 4.30 against SMU. More on that tomorrow. The men will be honoring Charlie Bradley. That should be a vastly entertaining game against Tulane. But good luck matching the entertainment, at least offensively, last night. Bulls win it 96 to 69. Now, Tulsa was without its point guard, but I don't know how much that would have mattered against the Bulls shooting. Funny enough, the Bulls jumped ahead 9-0, and then Tulsa did start hitting some threes. They made their first five and actually had a four-point lead. How do you turn the game around? Well, Selton Miguel was the guy specifically that started it, and you also take command with a 16-1 to run. To Harris. Almost pulled the trigger on a long three. Selton will do that and splash down for Selton Miguel on the left wing. Miguel with a triple, and the Bulls have retaken the lead 24-22. to 24-24 tie. Tyler Harris drifting left, still drifting. Now he kicks it to Miguel. He's going to load up another three left side. That's good. Tyler Harris was already staring him down as soon as he let it go because he knew that was good. Another assist for Tyler Harris and another triple for Selton. They kick it into the corner. Keyshawn Branco's baseline, he's cut off. High arcing floater, good from 15. He took it right over the freshman. Quick pass inside to Chiwa. His back was facing the basket and shot a little reverse layup, which was good. And how about the ball movement by USF again to get the big fella free? Russell Chiwa already in double figures for the 18th time this season. And the Bulls turn it over. Here comes Tulsa. They got a five on one. They throw an alley oop, and Corey Walker took it away. Lead pass to Tyler Harris. He runs it down. Now leaves it for Keyshawn Bryant. That's what should have been done the first time. It took three trips back and forth by the two teams for the Bulls to finally get the layup that they had earned. 33 25. 6-0 run by the Bulls over the last 70 seconds. Long distance three is off the rim, did fall. Keyshawn Bryant ends up with the rebound because he can jump higher than everybody in the entire building. Gets it off to Tyler Harris, gets a screen from Walker. Double team chasing Tyler. High pass to Selton Miguel who goes up to get it. Selton steps back, he's going to launch another three. He got another three! Selton Miguel's third triple of the game. Here's Sorrell Smith. He's going to fire from the left wing and that is good! Splash down for number 10. Sorrell Smith, without hesitation, this guy is wired to score and run down by Ryan Conwell. Conwell at midcourt, Bulls don't really have numbers. Gets it inside, Sam Hines is wide open. Conwell found him and Sam with an easy layup. It's 40 to 25. This is a 16 to one run for USF. Not in those highlights were three misses from the free throw line by Sam Griffin. Yes, it's nice when the other team misses free throws. He was 47 for 53 on free throws, had never missed two in a game. He had an 0 for 2 trip, so a couple of those would have cut it back down to 10. Instead, the Bulls led at the break 50 to 37. An amazing show, 19 of 33 from the floor, 57%. Well, they would top that in the second half. Try 17 for 25. You know it's a good Bulls men's basketball game when we can't do all of the highlights, but here's quite a few. Tyler Harris, here come the Bulls, three on three. Stop, Tyler stops and pops, three, good! Got it to go, Tyler Harris, a triple, number 269 in his American Conference career, and the first of this game, and the Bulls now lead 70 to 49. Rolls off, and a rebound by Corey Walker. 
70 to 50. Tyler splits two guys. He turns on the Jets. He throws a lob, caught, and finished by Keyshawn Bryant. We just saw a grown man fly. Bryant from the baseline caught it up at the top of the square and flushed it down. Wow, Tyler Harris is going to get credit for that assist. You can rest assured that's his 10th officially. Tyler Harris with the rebound, and here comes USF. 11 and 11 to go. Tyler, they leave him alone. He fires a three. He makes a three. He had already turned around and was headed the other way. He knew that thing was in. Corey down the far sideline. Cross-court pass. Keyshawn Bryant went way up the ladder to get it. Selton Miguel ends up with it. Bounce pass to Keyshawn. Two-hand dunk. Oh, a beautiful bounce pass. And Keyshawn Bryant came flying in, and he cocked that thing way back. 81-54. The Bulls doing whatever they want. They made five in a row from the floor. Here's Ryan Conwell. He'll run the point. True, true freshman to Selton Miguel. Loads up a three left side. Yes! Selton Miguel's fourth of the game. He has never done that in a game before. And the Bulls lead 89-55 to with 6-10 to go. Oh, that was entertaining. And the Bulls win it 90. No, we're not done yet. Because as if this night wasn't good enough, it was Mark Kayea time. And not only did he get a bucket, he got maybe the bucket of the year. One and a half minutes left. Kaya thought about the three, kicks it in the corner to Conwell. Ryan gets it to Kaya. A couple ball fakes. He shook free, fires a three. Oh, my goodness. That might be the play of the game. Kaya with a crazy crossover in the corner, shook his defender, absolutely undressed his defender, got real estate and splashed it down from the deep corner. Mark Kaya, the pride of Hudson High School, it's 96-67. There's a miss at the other end, and the Bulls get the rebound with 54 seconds to go. The, that happened in front of the USF bench, and they absolutely exploded. That's a pretty good way to end it up. Man, I've watched that video already a few dozen times, and it's hard to say what is my favorite reaction. The bench is just classic. The faces and sort of the stomping and the anticipation and the shock at the initial move by Kaya from his teammates, Tyler Harris and Keyshawn Bryant especially, but everybody on the bench. But then, God bless these guys, it was a group of about 10 Tulsa, I assume, students who were still there with a minute to go, and they all had this point and stunned reaction. Let's see, there was Ryan Conwell, who was backpedaling down the court like, yeah, that's going down. There were a couple young ladies about six rows up in the stands. They were kind of by themselves. I think they might have been related to like the Tulsa player who got juked out and they just sort of stood up and left. And then the bus driver, you could see it was our bus driver, had no reaction at first and then just kind of realized what was going on and started clapping pretty wildly. And, of course, Scott Wagers, the ever-stoic assistant coach for the Bulls, indeed, after it looked like he wasn't going to move, which is his normal reaction to big plays, actually let out a hearty clap. What a night for the Bulls. 62% from the floor. Only 60% on free throws. Bulls struggling at the line, but... Like I said on Twitter last night, you kind of render that moot when you don't miss any of your other shots. Chiwa, 21 points, 8 for 11. Both Miguel and Bryant with 16 each off the bench. And one of those things we didn't mention during the first half, but worth noting, last year, believe it or not, in the first meeting between the two teams, the Bulls were blanked in points off turnovers. They scored the first 11 on this night and ended up winning that category decidedly 26 tonight. Brian Gregory was slightly content. Here's a little bit of the head coach with Jim after the game. Coach, congratulations on this victory. This was dominant. This was <laughs> really, really well played by your bunch. Uh, offensively, uh, you couldn't have done much better. No, and, and, and I think the big thing that we talked about 
earlier, Jim, was we didn't want to get in a shootout. Um, we've talked at length about how improved we are offensively. When Russ is healthy and we're able to get him the ball, Tyler was dynamic today, you know, and doesn't make a shot until the, you know, made 19 one. seconds to yeah, go in the first. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But the 10 assists, a double-double for him. Uh, Keyshawn gave us a big lift. Selton gave us a big lift. Uh, Chap started off the game great and then unfortunately got the two fouls, but in the second half did a lot of good things as well. I thought a big stretch was I think we were up 12 or 13, and both Chap and Sam go to the free throw line, both make two free throws. We get up to 17, and we get three straight stops, and now it's 25. Um, but our defense was very, very good, you know, and that doesn't mean we're going to hold teams scoreless. Uh, but I thought in the second half, you know, to hold him to 38%, 14 from the three, um, you know, uh, just there wasn't a lot of rebounds because we shot the ball so well. Well, you were at 75% in the second half with about five minutes to yeah. go in the game. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You'd only miss five shots. We had four turnovers in the last four minutes, which kind of happens sometimes when you got jagged lineups out there. But the 21 assists was tremendous. We yeah. shared the ball, moved the ball. Um, just a great total team effort. Um, what you're supposed to do when you go on the road and, and you got a team on the ropes, you got you to finish the job, and that's exactly what we did. Very proud of our guys. Tulsa picked their poison tonight. They decided to double-team Tyler Harris pretty much every time he touched the ball for about the first 30 minutes or so, right. and he really made him pay. He did, and, and you know, he, he gets 10 assists, but he probably had another six hockey assists where yeah. he throws it and then we make one more pass. Um, Chap was a recipient of a couple of those. Selton was a recipient of a couple of those. But when you got Russell playing well and Tyler playing well and those other guys are, are finding their rhythm, again, 2-2 two and two now in the second half um, with the two losses last week where we didn't play as well. We, you know, we did some good things in both those games offensively. So I like the defensive effort that we had today for sure. And we'll update something for you here on the Unlimited Unloaded page that we did not have for you on Thursday morning. You could tell... Coach Gregor was hinting at it there, and also you might have heard the highlight where Jim Lighthall said, you know, it's officially his 10th assist. Well, that was because with about 15 minutes to go on a dynamite fast break, a three-on-one basically, Harris had a sick bounce pass, and Jameer Chaplin was actually in the middle of the lane, Harris on the right. The ball went over to the left to Ryan Conwell for the layup, so they, I guess, assumed that Chaplin made the pass and gave it to Chaplin. Well, that got changed officially. Teams do this to make sure – their guys get the right credit. And so with that extra assist, Tyler Harris, 11 assists, is a USF program record as far as in the American Athletic Conference. And by the way, Russ Chiwa, 21 points, dominant, is his career high in scoring. And how about the fact that the Bulls did that? They're 96 points. All right, if they had done better at the free throw line, they would have got 100. What do you want? But Corey Walker, coming off his career of 25 points, only had two in this game, and yet they still almost hit triple figures. It is going to be a very exciting game Saturday night. We'll preview it for you on Friday's show, along with a packed weekend. Yes, the baseball opener and much, much more. Track and field interviews, softball and Clearwater for a major event, so Friday's show will be loaded. But that's the unlimited, unloaded version of Bulls Beat from Thursday.